Welcome to another delightful, delicious episode of Yummy Podcast, where we savor life's inspiring stories on a journey to help you find your ultimate, most meaningful yet. I'm Crystal Khalil. And I'm Dr. Nicola Beach. We invite you all to join us on this yummy journey. Yes. And as we ask our guests, we'll ask you, what yummy life awaits you? Once upon a time, there was this dog. And that's what mommy says, not a dog. She says dog. dog. <laughs> She's originally from South Carolina. Okay. okay, okay. And this dog <laughs> had the most beautiful and fluffy tail in all of the land. And the dog would go around flopping his tail all over the place. Hey, no. look at me. Hey, look at me. And shimmy his little tail kind of all over the place. So one day, I'm gonna give you guys a shortened version. Uh-huh. One day the dog was playing, playing along the train tracks, skipping along the tracks, fucking his little tail, making sure everybody could see him. And then there was a little puddle of water sitting there by some one of the train tracks. And the dog was sitting there just admiring himself. Look at me. Looking in the puddle. Yes. Look at my tail. <laughs> yes. The train came. He wasn't paying attention. Boom. Cut the tail off. Ran over the dog's tail. Oh my God. The dog was so distraught. <laughs> Oh my goodness, what happened? Oh, my tail was the most beautiful in all the land. What am I gonna do? What's gonna set me apart for being so beautiful oh. than any other dog? He said, I know. I'm gonna go back and get my tail. And I'm gonna have it put back on. I'm gonna sew it back on. So the dog goes wow. and chats along with a little stuff with the tail. Wow. Just going and he gets his tail. Has a tail in his mouth, he's gonna get it re-put back on. Next thing you know, another train comes, bam! <laughs> Kills the dog. I can't with Killed this the dog, dog when he was going to get his tail. Yeah. Oh boy. This has become a sad moment. <laughs> and the moral of the story? The moral of the story. Don't lose your life over a piece of tail. <laughs> that was <laughs> Now see what I mean? Don't lose your life see over a piece, piece of, of tail. tail. We couldn't get regular wow. stories. Wow. We had to get, wow. we had to get the bearables. <laughs> I love that story. She gave you that. Oh, that's good. And in 2021, I went through a um, separation from my son's father. Seven year relationship. Mm. Thought we were engaged, all the things. And I'm navigating this for 10 months, thinking I am doing the work. Mm-hmm. I'm going to therapy. I'm muddling through. I'm also keeping the peace. So I'm doing an incredible job at publicly showing up, aka I'm suppressing incredibly well. Oh, right? say that. Good job, Jessica. Mm-hmm. Me. I am being <laughs> right. I am hurt, right. but I am being kind to everyone, right. damn it. Right. So right. I am being Pressing very kind. I am playing public figure wearing a mask yeah. mm-hmm. in front of everyone, and mm-hmm. I'm doing a damn good job. Mm-hmm. And one day, my three-year-old, he's three, going through all of this, and I'm thinking he doesn't know much. We're keeping it from him. I'm keeping it from him. I'm not showing him my emotions. I'm not breaking down. I'm not crying. I'm not falling apart mm. in front of him because he's three and he doesn't need to see this, right? That's mm-hmm. what we say. So I go, I pull up to daycare one morning and I unbuckle the seatbelt and I'm on the phone and I literally unbuckle the seatbelt and he jumps out and jets into the middle of a highway. And I throw the phone down. I run out in the highway. I snatch him up. Thank God. I grab him. I throw him up against the wall and I'm crying. And I'm like, why would you do that? And he just starts screaming and crying. And he's like, mommy, I'm so angry. I'm so angry. I don't know I'm angry. So I calm him down. Three. I calm him down. I take him into daycare. 
It's a whole hour thing. I get back in the car. I'm I bust out crying. And I'm like, so I start that logical brain gets to working. So I call my therapist and I'm like, okay, <laughs> here's how the morning went. Here's the breakdown before that. Here's what happened the night before. Here's what he ate for dinner. And she's just quiet listening. And she's like, she kind of giggles. She's like, hmm. So you think this is something that happened this morning? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, am I enabling him? Like, what did I do? She goes, um, with all that you're going through, you don't wish you could just be really angry, scream and run away? And I was like, yeah, I would. She was like, I, I'm, I know you're, everything that you're holding onto and suppressing, your son can feel that. Yeah. And it's transferring. It's transferring. That energy because is transferable. Energy is yeah. transferable. She said, so you're not dealing with it and you think you're doing him a favor, oh. but he is dealing with it. So you gonna have to actually deal with it. Yeah. Ooh. And I was like, shit. Man. So oops, upside the head. Right. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm doing him a favor. By hiding all of this. And he's seeing it And all. dealing with it in silence. He's feeling it. It's like the joke. Dogs yeah. are like kids. They know everybody. They're so intuitive. We take that away from them. Yeah. He knew what I was going through. He could feel what I was going through. He was wow. experiencing what I was going through without me even being willing to show it. And so these yeah. things are unavoidable. They will meet you in the mirror yeah. if you do not work with them. I know everybody can't just come out and just put everything out there. I'm not asking you to yeah. just tell me everything, all mm -hmm. your business. But damn. I work with people like that. I'm just like, why? Mm. I mean, why? You know, because I'm like on the shows that I do, I am mean. You could throw all the mud at me, everything at me, honey, and I, it'll just roll off me because it doesn't bother me because I know who I am. Yeah. But I have people that I work with just cannot take it. They mm. cannot deal with it. I'm like, why? And I think maybe, I think maybe too, maybe because I was and, and still go to a psychiatrist, mm -hmm. a therapist. Mm -hmm. That's probably why. I could deal with it because it took me a while and I've been seeing my therapist for what, over 20 years. Mm. So I could, you know, well, I could take the stuff. It don't, you know, it doesn't bother me. People will hear you say that and think about, well, what's wrong with him? Why he need a therapist for 20 years? I'm bipolar. Mm. <laughs> so mm. I've been taking lithium for almost 30. Wow. So, you know, I mean, I, when I when I was well, in high school, I had a, well, I see it's an episode, then we didn't know what it was at the time, right. but I had an episode and I'll never forget, I went to the um, to the um, cafeteria. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was just taking cinnamon rolls and was just eating them. So they didn't know what was going on. So the nurse called my dad at work and my daddy came to get me. They thought I was on drugs. Mm -hmm. They thought, you know, my dad said, are you smoking weed? I'm like, no. So nevertheless, you know, we went to the doctor, you know, I'm just skipping over a lot mm -hmm. of it, but they took me to the doctor. The doctor said I needed glasses. The glasses That's would make why you eat cinnamon rolls. The doctor said, one doctor said I needed glasses and one doctor <laughs> said I had hypoglycemia. Um. Mm. Cause you know, I get uh, with the hypoglycemia, that's kind of all deal along the lines with that stuff with yeah, right. bipolar, the chemical imbalance. But nevertheless, so I went through that phase and then I um I never get um I went through my senior year and I moved to Houston. And um in Houston, was it Houston or was it Dallas? It was Houston. I um later on in life I had another episode. My friends found me wrapped up in a blanket in the ball in my apartment. Mm. And because they hadn't heard from me like a day or so. So they got me out, the apartment manager came and got me out the apartment. They, they took me to the hospital. When I got to the hospital and when I woke up, I was on the psychiatric floor. 
Wow. They had me on the psychiatric floor. Mm -hmm. So I stayed there and, you know, the doctor came diagnosed and whatever and stuff. And they said, you know, it was bipolar, it was chemical imbalance. That's what mm -hmm. they called it, bipolar. So um, we went through that phase. So my parents came up to visit me, you know, to see me because my parents live in Port Arthur, Texas. So when the doctor um, talked to my parents, and with me, we had a meeting. So he told my parents, which was good for me. He told my parents that, that he thought that I wanted to tell them I was gay. I'm like, I didn't want to tell them that, but I'm glad we did. <laughs> was it so, okay? <laughs> so they told the doctor, the doctor told my parents, and it helped me out so much because with that helping me, with them, at least with him telling them that, yeah. that helped me out so much. Cause my dad said, well, you know, I got seven sons. He said, um, I don't care for the lifestyle, but I love them all the same. Oh, and my mom and they said, and honey, that just freed me. Oh, wow. That's how I was able to be me. And I know I'm jumping around, so, but I think that's one of the reasons that with my parents accepting me, that's what made me where I'm at today. Because I, I could be me. And that's why a lot of kids today, yeah. some of them commit suicide, they do all yeah. kinds of drugs and do all kinds of things because they're not accepted. My parents accepted me, so that helped me out tremendously. I had a similar experience. Um, I've had multiple 360s as a leader. Yeah. And I honestly used to look at it like uh, uh, it was something I had to get an A on. <laughs> right, right. I needed all my responses to be great, especially yeah. for my team. I needed them to say that I was the best leader that they had ever, ever had. Ever. And when I would read the responses, it was like really like I need them to affirm me yeah. that I am the best boss they've ever had because I'm the boss that I always wanted. Right, right? right. I am. I'm great. I bring them breakfast in the morning. Oh, yeah. I fight lions and tigers and bears for oh, them every my. day. <laughs> I am the best boss that they have ever experienced. And I remember talking with the coach going over my 360 and I was so proud. Yes. Because my scores were good and my feedback was good. Yes. And he said, you know, do you ever... Um, you know, have, do you have issues with people pleasing? And I was like, what? what you say? Right. Don't you see these comments of yeah. how amazing I am? Yeah. Why are you trying to come for me right now? Yeah, he's like, <laughs> you know, I just wonder, you know, if you're challenging your team enough. Mm. Because sometimes, you know, if you push, right, people might not like you if you push a little bit. Yeah. But if if you're if everybody's like, oh, she's so great. She's so then that could be a sign that you're a people pleaser and you may not be challenging them. And I was like, uh, what you say? Right. It's like, I don't receive that. <laughs> I don't, re I don't, I receive, don't that. receive that feedback. And I remember that year, my um, in my performance review. My boss said to me, you know, you're great. You do a great job. He's like, but I don't know if you're ready to go to the next level because I don't know that you can hold your team accountable mm. for the next level. You're always protecting them. You're like the mother bear. You mother them. Mm. But I don't know if you are building other leaders. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man. I really had to sit on that. I had to think about that. I had to take that to my coaching, yeah. to my coach and say, what does this mean? And yeah. I learned that the, and I started doing a lot of self work on leadership. 
I really, I enrolled in a John Maxwell leadership program and I started really reading a lot of books on leadership. And what I learned was leaders build other Other leaders. leaders, leaders have influence. They use their influence and they build other leaders. And I wasn't building other leaders. I was building a team of people that needed me. Mm. So I couldn't take time off because who's going to, if I'm not there, can't nothing get done. Nobody can make a decision. Mm. That was affirming me. Right. That I was the great boss. Right. Because I had all the answers. And I said, I need to make a shift. I really need to make a shift. Because if I'm the one with all the answers, then I am chained to this place. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of a Yummy Podcast. We hope this fun episode was impactful insightful and as yummy as it gets if you really want to live your ultimate most meaningful yet make sure to write us a review on your favorite podcast listening platforms subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share with a friend because they may be discovering their yummy too until our next episode be sure to head over to crystalanddrnicole.com join our mailing list connect on upcoming events learn how to work with us, and get your yummy swag.